go. Very first podcast. I'm here with Chris. Tom. How are you? I'm actually uh, I'm actually a little bit tired, if I'm honest. Yeah, what's that? Yeah, well, went out last night with one of my mates. Um, Sam, just thought we'd have a little uh, little bimbling to Newport. A little rendezvous. Yeah, yeah a little catch-up, even though we had a catch-up last week. Yeah. But, you know, a lot can happen in five days. A lot can happen in five days, and a lot did happen in five days, <laughs> let me tell you, right? Yeah, decent conversations flowing last night. Yeah, decent. Went to Lip Hub in Newport. Um, <laughs> little plug. <laughs> yeah, went to Lip Hub. Um, and he hates it, man. He absolutely hates Lip Hub in Newport, because he used to manage the old one. Yeah. Literally, the first thing he said to me was, it's rubbish in here. And I thought, well, the start as you mean to go on, so... <laughs> The night was. And that's uh, what you did. Yeah. Right. So so today we're going to talk about uh, men's mental health. Yeah. Um, pretty big topic, especially in the last couple of years. There's a lot of campaigns going around, like November. Mm. Have you ever taken part in November? Um, I actually haven't. I've been uh, I've been pretty pretty guilty of not taking part in anything like that, to be honest. But I do agree. It's a massive um, massive issue at the moment. I think. Um, Ranging from all different backgrounds and societies. I'd love to take part in November, but I just can't. I just don't want to shave my beard off. No, no, it's taking just... quite a while to uh, grow that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I don't think that that would be uh, appropriate. Um, <laughs> you know, like to like sacrifice such a such a massive part of your own character. Yeah. Um, my own you know, personality trait. You know, like I'm not saying that. That's yeah. the whole point of like charity, though, isn't it? To sacrifice yeah. your own yeah. your yeah. own happiness for, or sacrificing something that you know you take for granted for the benefit of others. Um, yeah. But I'm sure you can take part one day. Yeah. But anyway, um, there are a couple of uh, there are a couple of facts I want to sort of rattle off about mental health. Just sort of get your reaction out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just over three out of four suicides are by men. In yeah. The UK. Yeah. So seventy five percent of suicides. Specifically for men under thirty five. Yeah, under thirty five. Yeah. From the ONS, so it's quite a good source of information. No, I can. You know, I well, I was, I was with a guy actually um, during my training, mm. who. Um, what does it you do? Sorry. What do I do? I'm an iceberg pilot in the RAF. Right. Fantastic job. It's just pilot icebergs. You know, if you're not sure what that is, basically you go to the North Pole, dig a massive hole in the iceberg, drop an engine in there, and just drive it out of the way so that any ships that come past don't end up like the Titanic. And it's we've been doing a very successful job because there's been no Titanic tours of yet. So let's uh, let's just keep, keep our fingers crossed and touch some wood. But yeah, no, I don't blame me because uh, a guy. Um, sorry, that doesn't surprise me because a guy that I was in training with, um, his best mate. Uh, actually committed suicide he was only uh, 23 years old I think he's a farmer how long ago was that? that was in uh, that was July 2018 mm. basically shot himself not very nice and yeah completely attributes that fact yeah. that's awful uh, um, it's bad mm. yeah so um Trying to find a, a really good one. Eighty-seven percent of rough sleepers are men. Now you being in the RAF and you know military and stuff like that, I'm guessing you, this is one that sort of hits home a little bit. Maybe, would you say? Yeah, we get um, 
yeah, we get briefed on this all the time about uh, the importance of um, trying to uh, make sure that when you leave service, you know, you've got yourself a nice little action plan to prevent this from happening. And be in a sense. Yeah, and uh, again, that does not surprise me at all. I mean, you know, um, I've seen women rough sleepers too, um, but it's just, obviously, I think the main issue for guys is that uh, we do not open up enough about our feelings. Um, We don't open up enough when we're in trouble. And sometimes it just gets to that point where um, it's gone on too long that bridges are burned and a lot of the guys that you see that are homeless on the streets um, aren't necessarily there because um, they're forced to do it. A lot of them are there because they prefer to do it because they like to isolate themselves away from um, families and friends um, and a lot of them have become so sort of used to it that yeah. you know taking them away from the street is actually more detrimental yeah. than leaving them there. Um but yeah, we do get briefed a lot on that because obviously there's a large statistic of rough sleepers are former military veterans. And I think I think as well with like you know all the all, all the money issues of the of the country at the moment and stuff and you know is from what I've seen you know living around Newport and stuff and like walking around Cardiff is there's just so many people just sleeping rough. I've, you know, there's more and more and more now. I don't know whether it's because they're sort of hanging around the right areas to try, you know, to try and get money and stuff like that, or whether it's because they are there's literally an increase in rough sleepers. But I don't see many females. No, I see a couple of them, um, yeah. but yeah, I think that like it's quite hard to dig deep into why that's yeah, the case. It is, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's just my opinion. It's not a stone cold fact. Um, because it might well be a case of. Uh, you know, just the guys, just as I said before, they wait. They like we are more stubborn. Um, we do let things yeah. go on for you know for far too long. Um, when women are far better at just accepting when they need help and when they, you know, like when they are struggling, they go and seek, yeah, and seek that help. Yeah, definitely. Seventy-three um, percent of adults who go missing are men. That sort of coincides with the suicide figure of 75 percent okay and that's from the university of uh, york York. yeah you know this there's no fig you know there's no figure to say how many of those are found but that does go coincide quite well with the uh the suicide rate um men are nearly 50 percent more likely than women to be detained and treated compulsorily as a psychiatric inpatient what do you think of that um, I don't know. I think it's because obviously I think that people um, or that the uh, authorities um, maybe believe that men are more likely to um, harm or self harm, and that's again going back to the uh, yeah, you know, going back to the figures that three out of four suicides are by men, and that just sort of like coincides with maybe the authorities deeming that it's more necessary to actually detain people that are um, very, very vulnerable, um, specifically men, over the women, um, in order to prevent that from happening. And I think that's like you know that just that coincides with a lot of statistics that you've already mentioned. This is my favourite one. Men commit eighty six percent of violent crime, 
and my opinion on this is maybe is is it a means of lashing out because it's all getting too much because they don't talk? No, no, I think no, I, I I'd have to disagree with you. Yeah, men lash out because we're idiots, and we are idiots. <laughs> you know, like we are, like we are. We're so um, proud in our way of thinking and what we think is right and wrong that the second someone tries to. Um, disrupt that like for example on the night out like last night in Newport and obviously like you know nights out that you've had where stuff kicks off like it's never it's it's never the women they always tend to go out have a good time you know yeah I have seen some vicious cat fights before but the guys that we see out nowadays um, you know and myself included I've been like guilty of you know overreacting to situations yeah. but I just think we overreact more because we don't think with our brains sometimes and like that that is definitely something we're guilty of doing. Um, and I don't think that comes down to necessarily like a mental health problem, yeah. but more so just a case of it takes us a lot longer to grow up compared to women. Yeah, there are a lot of short fuses um, about, and you know, it's it, it might it may even be sort of like an alpha male thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just a massive sort of you know trying to chase that ego. It's a, yeah, it's a very egotistical world we live in at yeah. the moment. Spare well, especially but everything on. is, you know. Everything is about what other people see rather than what you see. Yeah. Flashy cars, yeah. finance whips, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know, taking selfies in the gym. Yeah, but that's for a different. That's for a different podcast. We will have another. <laughs> we will definitely have another conversation on this at some point in the future. Yeah, no <laughs> But um, you know, talking about upon our own experiences of mental health, like the reason I wanted to sort of do this topic today was. Um, because I suffered quite bad from uh, mental health in uh, late 2016 or through 2017. Um, started off in university um, through the, the start of third year. Um, and I didn't quite know what was going on in my head. Because um, obviously it's the first time you're experiencing it and you know, you're not sure what's going on. Um, you know, I, I was skipping lectures. I was just sort of in bed just looking at the ceiling a lot of days just not knowing what was sort of going on there was no reason for me to feel like that you know because you know I had a job I was you know doing all right in uni everything like that but there was something in my head that wasn't quite right and um, I went to the first my first act first time I acted upon it was I went to go and see um, the university well-being officer and just said to her look you know this is what I'm feeling like what what is it you know I didn't know what I was what was happening um, and she said I think you're I think you are you know stressed I think you should go and see a, a counsellor so she referred me to a counsellor two weeks later I saw the counsellor um, and he then referred me to um, the NHS for cognitive behavioural therapy. Um, it took three months for me to be seen because it's a long waiting list. Um, and when I got there, it was a group discussion. There was about 12 other, other people there going through the same thing I was going through. And, you know, we just sort of had to sit there and they were telling us how we should be thinking what we're thinking and all of us just wanted a one-to-one -one sort of counselling session that's what we're all there for 
The next week we went back there and only three people turned up because that's not what people wanted. And that's my that's a criticism I want to give to the um, the supporters out there. Um, it's not quick enough because, you know, they don't know the extent of how what I was feeling. They don't know the extent of what they were feeling, the other people. Um, and anything could have happened within that, you know, the waiting time. And they didn't provide any ongoing support during that time. Um, I got put on. Uh, I got put on tablets. Um, started off with uh, a low dosage, but um, as I started losing a lot of weight, I went down from about eighty-seven kilos to about 76, 75 kilos. Um, they increased my dosage, and there's a lot of stigma that goes around uh, taking tablets for um, depression and anxiety. There is, um, yeah, you know, because I, I, I think I think they're great. You know, it's a it's a short term fix. Um, you know, granted it's a short term fix, um, but it does help. Yeah. You know. So what's yeah. your what's your thoughts on medication for? Well, that's interesting actually, because um, obviously I've uh, I've done a lot of research into it um, in my own time and at university as well when I was studying certain modules related to like mental health. Um, the thing with tablets is, is they're easily suggested as a sort of quick fix. Hmm. Um, and the problem is that um, the patients then believe that this is going to be like the cure to yeah, their problem. Like the magic pill. Um, sort of and I actually had a conversation with a doctor very recently um, about um, specific tablets and dosages they give to their patients. And... He is a firm believer that this low dosage, medium dosage, high dosage, um, it should just be a bang, go straight in there with a proven, because there is, like, there have been studies and there have been even more studies on um, specific amounts of these drugs that are needed in order to um, basically balance the hormonal mm. aspect of, yeah. you know, your, your nervous system. Um, and there are specific amounts that are known to work, yet doctors offer their patients amounts that are less than this for mm. some reason. Mm. And he's a very firm believer that this is because they somehow don't give the required care mm. and that they should you know, initially go in there and be, look, we're going to give you an amount that works, but this is not a cure. You know, This is something yeah. that's going to take a while for you to you know, figure out yourself even when you start coming off the tablets and you, you know, you start trying to cope with the, you know, the onslaught of um, different hormonal feelings that you'll get yeah. when you, you know, sort of return back to normal. Um, I don't, like, I don't have a negative view on them. I just think that, you know, there's such a negative stigma around it because people have made these pills out to be the work of the devil rather than, you know, an actual aid in getting someone better, which is what we're there for. Yeah, I mean, that's what, you know, that's what I wasn't told, you know, I wasn't told by them, you know, oh, this is going to be, this, you know, this isn't the, you know, this this is just a short-term fix. They just said, right, we're going to put you on tablets and see how you feel after the dosage. Come back to us and we'll either prescribe you more or lower your dosage and cycle you off, and that's all they told me. Um I had to figure I had to figure out the rest myself, um, <clears throat> but from taking the tablets and going on a higher dosage, what that did for me it it did raise my mood, 
Um, and it made me go to the gym more. It made me eat better. It made me focus more in university. You know, it made me try harder with with um, with relationships with my family and stuff. You know, it it made me get out of that bubble that I thought I was trapped in. Um, and I I can't speak highly of them. You know, I mean, they you know you, you can't just sort of take them and think and sit back and think, oh, I'm going to be cured in six weeks. It was it was hard, and it you know I, I you did have to I did have to overcome these sort of brick walls that were in front of me um, but I couldn't have done that without the um, that initial push of the medication and uh, that's that was the only thing that helped me I, I, can I just say that you know the, 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 the help that I got from you know the NHS and all these support lines and whatever that I rang you know I rang I rang Samaritans I, I you know I was on I was online talking to um these people online that were offering their support none of that helped it was all you know it might it may help other people but it certainly didn't help me um and in the end i was you know i didn't feel that way anymore you know i was sleeping better you know i was only having two hours sleep a night if that um in, in you know the, the, on my worst points but um yeah it was a very it was probably the, the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life and I wouldn't wish it on anyone but um, do you have any sort of experiences that are sort of similar that you'd like, that you'd like to discuss um, so not like similar in the sense of like the way that yours unfolded like treatment wise and everything else but um, no I've recently been sort of uh, battling a little bit of mental health issues um, related to my work my job um, and other various like elements of my life changing um, and having to deal with it all at once has been quite difficult. Mm. Um, so really the main aspect of where I've been struggling has been um, job satisfaction and happiness in work and not feeling like yeah. fulfilled enough, like physically and mentally, not being pushed. Um, and to give a little bit of a backstory, I've been an iceberg pilot for about 12 months now and it's... Um, some days it's very like interesting, but these days seem to only be very few and far between. Mm. And there's only so much I think you can take in a job where you are completely dissatisfied before eventually it gets to you and it brings you down. Yeah. And it doesn't help when you work in an environment where some people don't seem to appreciate that and they don't seem to um, understand it because they might be happy in their jobs. Mm. But I'm not. And that was where yeah. my, you know, that was where my problem come from. And I'm not here to slag off my role. I'm not here to slag off the people I work with. That's not what I'm about. What I'm here to talk about my mental health experience. Yeah. And anyway, so uh, back in October, um, I finally took the courage to turn around to my bosses and tell them I am not happy in my current role. I need a change. I need something to happen in order for me to, you know, get myself back on track. Um, and as such, I referred myself to the, um, basically the, uh, armed forces mental health team at the, um, camp that I work at in order to explain to them how I've been feeling related to work and obviously personal things back home. And honestly, I can turn around now and say that they are fantastic within the military. Um, probably even more so than they are outside in the civilian world. 
they actually do try their hardest mm. with their personnel because um, at the moment the you know the military's got a huge campaign going again in regards to mental health um, this has been a massive massive push for them to actually try and offer the best support they can you know to the men women and everyone in between that currently work um, as part of the armed forces so yeah I went to them pretty much the same as you um, mm. you know having appointments having conversations meeting up with counsellors um, and they finally actually come to a good solution for me in the sense that now I've got support behind me in my pursuing of a you know a different avenue that I wish to take within you know within the military mm. um, and the doors always open for me to go back and you know talk and you know I've always got that option now that if things if things aren't feeling too well up there you know not to be scared to go and yeah. put my hand up and be like you know hey I need to like talk to you about something well that's that I, th- I think I think that's that's a big you know it's a big hurdle that everyone's everyone forgets that they've they've jumped over is realising oh I need help I need to go I need to get in my car drive down to the doctors and ask them for help that's this that's the, probably the biggest hurdle you could ever face because once you realise that then it's you know you, you're not you're not on a downward spiral anymore you are you know you are going back up the hill in a sense um it's just you have to find the best way for you to get there um but it's uh you know it's it's very interesting you you talk about like you know it's all it's all come on top of you all at once um you know you i mean you've 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 had me to speak to you've had uh you know family members i assume to speak to you're not afraid to talk about it, are you no no not at all no. um sometimes you can't actually like help that you can't actually prevent it from coming on. It's yeah. sort of just one of these things where, mm. you know, you're like like your own mind, your own body will determine how you cope with things. And yeah. sometimes you just have to roll with it. You have to roll with the punches and try your best to like sort of take them and, uh, you know, and come out the other side stronger. Um, and again, going back to statistics I mentioned earlier, like some guys really struggle getting out of that hole. Yeah. And I think it is because they do not talk to people. They literally just bottle it and, you know, yeah. they're scared basically to go and put their pride to one side and say look I am really down I need your help you know yeah. get me like get me back to who I used to be essentially yeah because it's, 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 it's you know it seems like especially you know in the in, in sort of mainstream society it's just that you know men are especially young men they're just constantly striving to be like the best person in the room you know they, mm. they're just striving to you know to look as good as they can, you know, and it's, you know, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors and it's just, it's just a really, really tricky subject amongst men and it needs to be, it needs to be addressed Mm. and it is being addressed slowly. Um, But I feel like, and I'm not, I'm not putting down people who haven't gone through it because they are bloody lucky. Um, Unless you've been through it, you don't have a clue. And that no, I, I stand. No, I, I stand by that. that. Yeah. yeah, no, I do agree with that. You know, because I've had discussions with friends where you know I've spoken about you know how I've gone through it and stuff, and they've sort of counteracted it by with with an argument. And I'm thinking, well, it's not. It's not, things. You know, this sort of topic. It's not. It's not meant to be argumentative. It's meant to be opinionated in a sense. You know, you're you're not wrong. 
Do you get me? Yeah. But, no, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying there. Um, yeah, I think that like uh, like one of the big things that everyone suffers with is anxiety. Mm. That's a huge thing. Um, yeah. Like anxiety can range at anything from, you know, um, not wanting to go to work in the morning because you're anxious of what others will think of you or mm. you're anxious because you've had a bad experience in work and you're worried that's going to happen again all the way to health anxieties where you're so infatuated with your own health that it becomes an overwhelming um, and problematic uh, thought process that you can go through daily um, where every little thing from a cough to a sneeze to, oh, I feel a little bit under the weather now, can all of a sudden feel like I'm dying, what's wrong with me? Um, and yeah. these are all the different, you know, different types of anxieties you can feel. And, um, you know, like that for me is one of the, like is probably the starting point for, you know, the mental health deterioration that leads to depression mm. and other things. Anxieties are the beginning sort of, you know the like Initial the platform stage. yeah it's the platform that sort of you know makes your mind fester and makes you develop more serious mental health issues and that's why when you start to feel like you are suffering with anxieties that is the moment for you to then go and seek help yeah um, because it's easier for you to maybe overcome anxiety than it is to necessarily overcome full blown depression and other more serious mental health issues mm. and then um, yeah what um where in terms of you know seeking solutions and and what have you where do you feel exercise comes in on it because we we love our exercise we love going to the gym you love running you know where where would you say when you're feeling down under the weather um where would you say exercise comes in yeah exercise can be fantastic um for you know that release of endorphins yeah um feeling good about yourself however what I, uh, what i will say is that um exercise can sometimes be like slightly detrimental in the sense that if you end up doing too much of it and you you know you really wear yourself out and you yeah. know you've got that negative aspect of you know using all the energy that you've got and then if you are suffering with a mental health problem that then can really really make you spiral out when you've come mm. off that high that you get when you've just had you know a good a good workout at the gym it also it also depends the type of person you are because if you're someone who you know who does enjoy going to the gym and enjoys lifting weights and, and what have you and then you do go through depression you know you lose weight you don't you know you obviously you haven't been to the gym much and then you suddenly go back there and you're not as strong as you are that for me feels like a few steps backwards because it's like yeah. oh, you know I've, I've wasted all this time yeah of course yeah. you know and i've lost all this weight and i've lost yeah. all this strength you know it's for me um when it happened to me like it's you know i didn't want to go to the gym because of that reason because oh, i'm not as strong as i used to be you know and i think for someone who doesn't exercise i think it's a good solution but for someone who regularly exercised it needs to be taken with a pinch of salt Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously that's down to the that's all down to the individual yeah it is it's all um, yeah, it's, it's all subjective yeah treatment is subjective to the individuals yes um, 
I'm going to be honest with you, it's absolutely boiling in this room. Yeah, it is hot. <laughs> and uh, Really hot. We're, we're absolutely hanging out now. He sat you with a woolly hat, by the way. Yeah, it is very He's, warm. He has got a hat it's on. It's very warm in here. And it probably is to do with the fact that I'm wearing a woolly hat. Yeah. But again, you know, <laughs> here's a mess and all that lot. It is what it is. You know, I wouldn't want wouldn't to be seen dead <laughs> with a pair of dirty... <laughs> Air Force Air ones. Air Force ones. <laughs> Mully. But anyway, um, we'd just like to sort of finish this uh, this discussion with a couple of useful contacts for anyone who sort of, you know, come across this podcast, all, all three of you, um, and you want to sort of seek help. Um, there's uh, Anxiety UK. Um, they offer advice and support for people living with anxiety. It's in the title. Um, TheBigWhiteWall.com. Um that that really is it's NHS referred, um, but it's free for people living in some areas. So maybe go and have a look at that. Um, British Association for Counselling and Psycho- Psychotherapy. Um, that just that's just basically a directory of accredited therapists. Um, this is one that you really should check out. Is Campaign Against Living Miserably or Calm? Um, that offers support for men who are feeling down or in crisis. Um, there's obviously Depression UK, there's Mind Charity, um, Samaritans, uh, obviously the NHS, um, National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, uh, yeah, and just literally just Google depression and anxiety in the UK and it'll all, it all come up and I think as soon as you realise that something's wrong, that should be your first port of call. Go on to Google, search it, see what's there. I don't think you should uh, you should sort of uh, just let it fester any more than it sh- it it should when it's debilitating your life. Yeah, do so, not sit in silence. Yeah, basically, that is the that's the name of the game. Yeah, when you're dealing with any mental health issues, do not sit in silence. But your bloody you know your pride to one side. Yeah, just and sort it go out. Go and there. go and tell someone about it. Go and talk to your mate. Go and talk to your, you know, your family. Go and talk to your, your colleagues and work. And go, like most, most importantly, go and seek medical help if you do honestly think that it's something which is not getting better and is getting worse. Because you do not want to let it get the better of you. Because you face an uphill battle. Then nip it in the bud when you know it's started, yeah. and hopefully you can get to, you know, you can get back to being. You know, the real you. Yeah, yourself. And also, for the people who don't, you know, who aren't going through it, um, you know, if you feel like, say social on social media, say if someone, you know, is posting all the time on Instagram stories or whatever, then all of a sudden they stop, you know, don't just leave that there. That could be a sign that they're, you know, they're feeling down or whatever. Just give them a message be like, oh, hi, mate, you know, I haven't seen you mm. posting in a while. How's things? Yeah, exactly. Because like, like, like we've discussed, men don't, men don't reach out so we need to reach out to them and if if we do you know if we message three people a day asking how they are if we all do it then that could open up a discussion for someone and that they really really wanted we could be reaching out to them of course yeah you know and that's yeah. that's what that that's might be what they are waiting for yeah. just that person to care yeah because you know even though they have this support network around them like family and stuff you can feel like that no one cares yeah because no one's noticed you change and never judge people because of their, uh, you know, yeah. the whole the whole saying of, um, you know my name, not my story. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that goes on behind closed doors with people. And sometimes 
comments can be made, which, uh, yeah, they just, you know, they, they shouldn't be made. Uh, yeah. They're not, you know, it's not necessary for you to try and have your opinion on someone's mental health. You you should not have an opinion on it. You should be supportive of their feelings and how they feel related to the issues that they're facing. Not put them down or try and make them seem as if their problems are little or insignificant compared to what you believe is a proper cause for a mental health crisis or issue. Yeah. Like, as I said, everyone is like, you know, everyone is different and everything is subjective related to mental health. Mm. But the, you know, the main, main thing to get out of this is seek help. Mm. There's help out there and don't be scared to open up and, you know, and talk to people about your feelings, you know, ranging from personal relationships to work like myself. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good, it's been a good conversation. Yeah, good um, discussion. A lot of the other chats that we'll have now and like other various topics that we'll be talking about will be uh, a little bit more light-hearted. Yeah. Um, we're going to try and uh, really tackle some yeah. modern 21st century issues, yeah. especially at our age now that we see happening all across the UK Um, you know like just to you know just to end it on a light note for example um, can we please just mention the uh, you know the recent uh, election results and um, the significant decrease in uh, political related content on Twitter since results day when all of these five day politicians have all of a sudden gone back to eating their super noodles (laughs) and other stuff at university (laughs) and playing FIFA Ultimate Team you know waiting to come back in four years time to become a political expert again yeah and I I can guarantee they won't be affected in the slightest no no and to all you old people out there if this potentially reaches old people start voting for your grandkids rather than you know what you think's right because at the end of the day it's our future future, you know like you've had your time and I don't mean that offensively but it's about us now it's about making the right cause for our you know for our country for the many youngsters that are going to be you know doing their own podcast in 10 years time yeah so yeah and on that note I'd just like to sign off Um, I will uh, chat to you soon yeah and uh, yeah see you in a bit (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.